Hey, thanks for coming. Welcome to the Love Shack. Hey, welcome to the Love Shack, a little old place where we get to get together, explore fresh perspectives and eavesdrop on juicy conversations and uncover the mysteries that nobody talks about but absolutely influences our relationships. If by chance you find yourself struggling in your marriage, just starting out in a new relationship or are single and know you got to do better next time. This show is a great place for you to spend some time. I'm Stacey Bartley and I'm here with my co-host and lover Tom. Together for the past decade, we've been teaching and mentoring singles and couples from around the world with the sole purpose of helping them create love for a lifetime, both with themselves and each other through the principles of skills and behavioral science. It's great to have you here with us. Absolutely. want to give a shout out to our people who are listening and giving us what we know is our most precious resource, which is time. Thank you so much. I always say this every week, but we have an awesome episode, an awesome guest. Also, a quick shout out to our internet service provider, because these men were working feverishly yesterday because we had no internet. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Eric, we thought maybe you were going to have to carry on without us. (laughs) However, without further ado, thank you for being here with us today. We're going to be talking about how being adopted can affect intimate long-term relationships. What effects being adopted has on loving relationships? Come to find out this was a question that I hadn't even pondered for myself, even though I adopted a daughter many years ago. You would think that mm. that would be something that would be a savvy question for me to to think about. But this question was raised after I had the pleasure and the wonderful opportunity of meeting Joy Fisher Griffin, who happens to be adopted herself. And the reality is there are approximately 5 million adult Americans alive today who have been adopted. And so it's not something that's discussed often on our journey to love for a lifetime. However, its impact is great nonetheless, because adoptees commonly struggle with feelings of loss and grief, problems with developing an identity, reduced self-esteem and self-confidence, increased risks of abuse, and also struggle with Um, increased episodes of depression and PTSD. And so these things do create impact in our relationships. And we invited Joy to come on and be with us today to have a conversation as she shares her journey about what it was for her that uh, being adopted, um, how did that impact her life? And how did she work through it? And don't worry, the story has a very happy ending. And that happy ending can be full of joy for you as well. So stick around and join us for this very important conversation. If by chance your adoptive parent, you are in love with somebody who um, has been adopted themselves and you find that they're struggling with these kinds of things, we got some answers. We've got some inspiration waiting for you. And we'll be right back after this really short break to welcome Joy onto our show. Here's what one of Stacy Bartley's clients says about working with her. Working with Stacy has been life-changing in a very magical way. I wanted to work with Stacy when I left a long-term marriage because I didn't want to repeat any of my relational how would you say, unhealthiness. I'm so amazed how she has taken her experience and wrapped it into her own program, a program that is designed specially for you, for anyone that moves forward with her. She's unique. She's profound. She's she's magical. She has a love for others that is unmatched, and it would be a gift to yourself to work with Stacy. Learn the simple three-step system to rescue your struggling relationship by registering for Stacy's brand new free workshop. Reserve your seat by going to stacybartley.com slash workshop. To book your 30, 45-minute, or 60-minute session with Stacy, go to stacybartley.com slash checkup. Are you ready to venture off the beaten path, expand your mind, raise your consciousness, and open your heart? Allow me to entice you with interviews with amazing souls from around the world. Indulge in history, mystery, science, and spirituality. 
There's weekly skin tips, live esoteric readings, and answers to life's burning questions. So come join me, Sakura, your host, intuitive medium and spiritual hypnotherapist, each Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. right here on KKNW for Love from the Hip. Hi, I'm Nathan Mum, host of Tech Time Radio with Nathan Mum on KKNW. Tech Time Radio's live show is Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. And you can always check us on the web at techtimeradio.com. Our segmented stylized radio gives you the breaking news before it hits mainstream media. Join myself and Mike Rodea as we'll make you laugh. That's good. Hooked on phonics worked for you, didn't it? (laughs) Just a little bit. And learning something new in technology, join us Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m. and Thursdays from 6 to 7 a.m. The technology show for the everyday common person. There's a reason they invented the Internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back, everybody. We are your hosts, Tom and Stacy Bartley. Great to have you with us. We have an awesome episode and guest. We're going to jump right into the heart of the matter right now. Yeah, adoption. We're talking about adoption and how adoption may be impacting your long-term relationships with your lover, significant partner, and or if you're a parent trying to love on and support a child that you have adopted, this conversation is for you. We have Joy Fisher with us. She's the author and entrepreneur an educator of 25 years of experience. And after 45 years of not talking about being adopted herself, she debuted her story of adoption. And the book is titled Finding Joy, A True Story of Faith, Family, and Love. And this was just debuted in 2019. She shared her story so that she could help others who sit in silence about their struggles, not only with adults, but to start the conversation with young people too. She's the author of two best-selling children's books on adoption as well, Choosing Joy and Singing with Joy. These books are part of the way that she normalizes conversations around adoption through the Belonging Project, which is an adoption awareness campaign. Stop whispering, she says, and let's talk adoption. Joy also serves as the adoptee and survivor survivor team, yes, coordinator with Miriam's Heart Organization in New Jersey. And after spending time myself with Joy, she is definitely on a mission to bring awareness to the general community, normalize the conversations around adoption, heal hearts, bridge gaps, help people find their community, identify resources, and erase the shame of adoption. Joy happens to be married, divorced, and remarried, and is the mother of three beautiful daughters. She has also miraculously created a reunion with both of her birth parents. And as she said in the book, here's to life's new journey with new family and friends. We are not subtracting anyone from the fold, just adding another layer. So Joy, without further ado, welcome to the show. So great to have you with us here inside the Love Shack. Yes, the Love Shack. Thank you, Stacey and Tom, for having me. Excited to be here. Great introduction. Included so many of the key points of of things that I focus on. Thank you for that. Oh, absolutely. And, And so why is it we whisper when we talk about adoption? What has been your experience and what is it you want listeners to know about this? Yeah, I, th- I think we whisper because of shame. We whisper because of embarrassment for f- and fear. Um, you know, not many people want to talk about adoption in public. And what I was finding as I was going out and beginning to speak and even in my smaller circles of friends and family, that it, when people wanted to share something with me, they'd come up to me at the end. Well, you know that I have. And they're actually whispering as they're uh-huh. talking to me. Such and such is adopted in our family. Now we're standing in the room. They're still whispering <laughs> as they're talking to me. And I'm going, okay. And then it just started happening so much after every presentation, you know, get great feedback from people. I hear people say that, you know, I never thought of things that way, which is always a great one for me. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, why is everybody whispering? And that's part of the problem. Let's stop whispering and let's talk about adoption. Mm-hmm. Let, let's normalize the conversations. Adopted folks, adopted families, birth families, foster families, uh, kids in group homes. We're all over the place and we're talking about everything else in the world. So why not talk about adoption and, and foster care? Yeah. And where did this idea of shame come from anyway? Because, you know, when I adopted my daughter, I remember thinking of what a generous gift it was 
to have the opportunity to raise another child, another woman's child, and how courageous that was for that woman to say, hey, I don't think I'm capable here. I, I think I need to pass this along. Um, from being a mother myself, I can't even imagine what that journey for the mother, the birth mother, which you definitely talk about in your book, is, right? And, and what a what a generosity uh shall we say, um, demonstration that that is to think about the child more so than yourself and your own needs, because we see that breakdown too. We see mothers who know that they're not ready to be mothers or fathers that are not ready to be fathers. And we see the crippling effects that that has on the children because they're not willing to maybe entertain the idea of adoption. So there's, there's two sides of this, right? And, And so I think, why can't we talk about it more just like you? And so I so applaud you for your courageous efforts. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Navigating the silent, complex moments of separation or your partner's need for space can feel like walking through a maze without a map. If this sounds familiar, know that you are not alone. This journey, filled with uncertainties and introspection, requires a gentle, understanding guide. Hey, I'm Brooke from Love Shack Live. We see you, and more importantly, we get it. That's why we created the Separation Support Bundle a collection of resources designed to not just guide you through separation, but to offer comfort and clarity during these times. Our separation guide offers insights and support to help make sense of your emotions and the process of separation. And for those moments when words escape you, our guide on 10 texts to send when navigating space provides thoughtful prompts to help communicate with compassion, plus a soothing separation meditation to help ease the overwhelming moments. Because sometimes all we need is a starting point or a way to start feeling okay again. Remember, you don't have to journey through these complexities of separation alone. Our separation support bundle is here to accompany you, guiding you towards healing, understanding, and most importantly, the renewed sense of self. Visit stacybartley.com forward slash bundle today to access your free separation support bundle. At Love Shack Live, we're all about exploring the real stuff that relationships bring, the good and the challenging. So let's tackle this together, because even in the hardest times, there's hope, growth, and yes, even love to be found. Thank you. And to an- answer that question, one of the things that I, when we think back to the 60s and 70s, a pregnant, unwed woman was mm-hmm. was pretty much considered like a disgrace to the, to the family. Mm-hmm. And I think the shame begins there. And if we also think about the adoptee uh, entering into a family, there is a loss as they move on and, and move into their adopted family. They also lost their birth parent. So there's a shame and embarrassment that comes along with that. Well, am, am I good enough? You know, I wasn't enough for her or not lovable enough for her to keep me. And so then you begin to question and wonder, is it you? And and all that, I think, ties into the shame and, and, and the fears of abandonment and all the other what are adoption issues or some common adoption issues uh, with young people who are adopted. Not even just young people, because it still travels over into our adult life and our relationships. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and the conversations that happen from the adoptive parents, right? The adoptive parents sometimes want to think that they're contributing all of this into the child, that they're making all of these sacrifices. And oftentimes I've found that adoptive parents can also be threatened by the birth parents that somehow they're going to lose something with their adopted child if the birth parents re-enter the conversation or their lives. Right. Speak Absolutely. to that a little bit. Because- Absolutely. What, one of the things, and that's why I started in my support group, actually, one of our support group um, leaders would say, you know, this is an, an, an a subtraction problem. This is an addition problem. And, uh, you know, why can't people understand it? And I, when I explain to people my interest in searching and my desire to search, I would explain to them if I, ha- as a parent of three, I love all of my children. Nobody questions that. So why is it now that I'm interested in finding my birth parents? Do you question my loyalty to my adopted parents? You don't you didn't question my loyalty to my oldest daughter when I had my second daughter or when I had my third daughter. You just knew that I would love them all. So why can't we understand as a people that the the child can love everybody that's a part of the relationship? It doesn't have to be that because birth parents are coming in that you're they're going to take something away from you as my adopted parents. So, and those are the themes, unfortunately, that we see quite a bit in the media. Mm-hmm. You always see the angry adoptee or you see challenges with the adopted parent and the birth parent. So I think as we're beginning to see some changes in the storylines in the media, it's helping 
Uh, and as we're also having uh, families have open adoptions, that's changing the conversation. But for many of us in my age group and, and those that came in the 60s, you know, there's there's still a strong sense of of, of shame and a sense of loss and the sen- a loss of identity. And and it, it's something that we, we have to address. But again, we have to start talking about it and get comfortable mm-hmm. asking questions and being asked questions. And in many cases, you also find that the adoptee is missing from some of those conversations. Uh, and one of the things I love about the support group that I that one of the support groups that I attend is that there's members of every every member of the adoption triad. There's adopted parents, adoptees and birth parents. And that's very rare in support groups. And so for me to be able to hear before I even had my reunion with my birth mother, some of the things my birth, the the birth mothers were concerned with in terms of having relations and relationships with their uh, relinquished children. And then after the reunion, before the reunion, all the things that they were thinking gave me a whole new insight in terms of the magnitude of this this reunion coming together period. Mm, And then you also have adopted parents there who are able to share some of the things that concerned them and how their children who were going through a reunion helped reinforce for them that they weren't going anywhere because that's a storyline that you hear as well. If the birth parents are coming in, then they're going to take you away from the adopted parents. And that's not the case. We still, our parents are our parents. And very rarely do I even use adopted parents. I only use that for conversation purposes, just to make sure people know who I'm talking about. Yeah. My parents will always be my parents. We run into this in our body of work when it comes to step parenting, mm-hmm. where the mm-hmm. biological parents will feel very threatened if there's somebody that's coming in that's new. And then now they're laying um, claim to their children and, t- you know, in, in, investing in them and spending time with them and developing these relationships. And all of a sudden, you know, both sides can feel threatened. And I loved what you said, because this is definitely a principle that we drive home in our work and that I want to drive home for our listeners today, that love is an expansive Mm -hmm. quality, Mm -hmm. that there is plenty of love to go around, right? Absolutely. um, Just as you so eloquently said, I have a love of myself, a love of my parents, a love of my daughters, my friends, my community. And you find that the more you love, I have um, six kids biologically and Tom together and I have eight and we have 12 grandchildren and I assure you that with each and every person who enters into our circle or our sphere and our family it just expands yes it it expands again and again and again well I would just share add to that that interestingly enough the daughter that's listening right now Mm -hmm. was the my biological daughter just for context Mm -hmm. who now works with us very closely was the one that was the most concerned because she thought she was going to lose her dad. Mm. And so we had to assure her and remind her and demonstrate Dem- that, exactly that lo- love is an expansive quality and it will grow. Right. And, 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 uh, and families encompass so many different layers of even folks that we're not related to auntie, such and such uncle, such and such, not necessarily related by blood, but just people that you deem as family. So I, you know, we really want people to understand that as we're expanding birth and adoptive family, it's the same kind of concept um, to be open to it, to be open. Nobody's going anywhere. (laughs) And the more open that you are, about accepting that uh, as the adoptive and as the birth parent, the easier it is for the adoptee because we're often the ones kind of stuck in the middle and we don't want to be divided and feel like we have to split ourselves up. No, I, I loved how you refused to do that when this reunion happened and you said, hey, you guys, I'm not going to be seeing you and then splitting myself and running over there on holidays and birthdays and celebrations and reunions. We're going to all figure out how to come together. And I love that perspective. And and then you think about all the layers and opportunities of healing that goes on between, think about your, your birth parents and your adoptive parents and your birth parents, and then the relationships that you get to develop with each of those individually. And you start thinking about the layers of relationships and opportunities for us to just gain understanding through the sharing and experiences. I can't even imagine how glorious that must be for your birth parents now to be a part of your lives, a part of your daughter's lives, as well as your adoptive parents continue to play their role as that support and cheerleader and just seeing their own families expand and grow that, that what a thrill and boy, do we need more of that in our world where regardless of where you come from, we can all find a way to come together, right? That is so true. That is so true. So I want to ask you about um, your relationship. So if we could, let's travel back in time a little bit. Uh, And I want to ask you, how do you feel being adopted affected the choices of who you chose to marry originally, 
as well as how you showed up in that relationship so that our listeners can get an idea of maybe how being adopted presents itself when I start struggling with my identity, who I am, wonder if I'm enough. Um, share with us your story, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, one of the things that I, um, I mentioned a few minutes ago was about when you're adopted, you're sometimes you're wondering, are you enough? You know, if your birth mother didn't keep you, are you enough for anyone else that you're getting into a relationship with? And then you can begin to taint your own mind and believing that you're not enough. And if I'm not enough, then you're probably lying to me, you know, as you're telling me that you want to be in this relationship and that you love me. And I'm constantly wondering, you know, are you leaving sometime soon? Um, so you're just constantly in doubt. And then you, 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 because of that fear of abandonment, you don't want to be left by yourself. You'll stay in relationships that are unhealthy. And eventually you, you end up with the wrong person. And I think that that was, that was my experience because I, I, you want to be loved. You want to be in a relationship. And then you begin to believe. And if somebody can see some of those weaknesses or some of those things that you struggle with, they can take advantage of those things and uh, begin to give you some of those negative reinforcements. So I, I stayed in my marriage for 20 years. And over the years, it was, well, nobody else is going to want you. Nobody else is going to want you because you have three children. Nobody else is going to love you. Only I can do. And so those things began to really seep into my mind, and I believed them. And and it wasn't until that I, I finally said, love doesn't feel like this. Love doesn't shouldn't hurt like this. And and why am I staying here? What, what benefit is am I getting out of all of this? And if it's nothing, um, move on. You know, then you hear sometimes on the media, well, that means I have to start over and that means I have to put all this time back into another person and somebody's going to get the time that I put into him. Oh, well, let him move on and then you move on and just start over, start fresh. And then but before you can even start, you got to work on yourself. So a big piece that I do mention in the book is the importance of counseling. And we don't talk about counseling. We talk about counseling for crazy people, but we don't talk about counseling for the everyday person on earth who may be having some struggles, who's trying to figure out why they keep making these poor choices and talking about it with your girlfriends and your family is not giving you the answer. Seek a counselor. We are professionals for this. Um, yes. So that, That's been a big piece in terms of working on me before I entered into another relationship. Um, and then beginning to believe that, yes, I am good enough. I deserve better than this. And and it's OK to be by yourself. And that's something that I had to learn over time. And I'm definitely lovable. But I had to begin to believe that myself before I could enter into a healthy relationship to be able to even receive the love that I was getting. Mm, that's such a great point. And, you know, um, one of the things that's so challenging when we're, we're immersed, we're immersed in this idea and this belief that I must keep this person around because I'm not enough and, and maybe they're right and nobody else is going to love me like they do. I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing with us where, where, where did the light bulb go on there? Because sometimes I, you know, I think maybe we can all relate to the experience of trying to highlight those points like, you know, no, you deserve better. You know, the, there's this, doesn't make any sense, right? Look at what's happening. And yet we'll defend the person that we want to have stick around because of the fear and the insecurity that we feel inside of ourselves. So, so what would you say that would be helpful in those moments to help people see and understand that? Like, how could we best support people who are immersed in that idea and that belief that they're not good enough? And we find them essentially protecting their abusers, right? Or the people right. that are causing them to feel like um, they're not enough because then they know that they're not going to go anywhere is they can on the backside wrestle with some of their stuff and do some things that they know are not okay, right? Right. Um, we keep the whole thing in play and nobody wins, right? It's a, a continuous breakdown. Um, is there anything looking back that that you would say to people who maybe find themselves in this space and, and they know that they need to do something about it, but it's scary. Let's be honest. That's one of the greatest acts of courage that we have with inside of ourselves. So that would be my first question. And then my second would be, where did the light bulb go on for you? Yeah, I would say that for the first question, taking a look at um, that, that love doesn't hurt that love, um, I think part of it was realizing that if you're making more excuses for the person you're involved in a relationship with and not fully able to tell the truth about whatever's going on in the relationship, then maybe that means you need to start rethinking how you're operating in the relationship as well. Um, so I think when I realized that how we were in public 
versus how we were in private were two different things. And I began to realize, okay, that's referred to by many as wearing a mask in a relationship because mm -hmm. I'm truly pretending. I'm pretending that everything is okay. Uh, I, I, my family doesn't know fully what's going on in our household. I didn't feel like I could really talk to someone. And I realized this is not healthy. This is not good. It's not healthy. And, and just watching my daughters as they were growing older, I was concerned about who they were then going to pick in a relationship because we can say all we want, do as I say, not as I do, but my girls were watching me. And so whatever choices and decisions that I was making in my relationship, they ultimately were going to make down the line as well. And if I didn't get myself together, who were they going to bring into our household? Um, so th it was those pieces. Uh, my daughter's actually expressing concern. Um, and then just, just finally saying enough is enough. I don't like the way you talk to us, not only me, to our girls. I don't like, I, I just didn't like anything about where we were in our relationship and realize I, I'm, it's not that I'm too old. It, you know, who cares if I have three kids? Who cares if I have to raise them on my own as a single parent? I started looking at people around me who were successfully maintaining their households, maintaining their dignity, um, who were educated, who were bright, who were just moving on from relationships that weren't unhealthy. And I think once I realized that that was okay, that I could make it, that I do have a support group, even though I was constantly being told no one's gonna help you, no one's gonna help you, that why am I listening to you? That doesn't even make sense. And then you really start to reframe, your thinking is really twisted when you're constantly battered with negative, negative statements. Mm -hmm. And is that love? Is mm -hmm. that the kind of loving relationship I want my daughters to have? And with those things in mind, it was joy, you, you, something has to change or they're gonna bring home the same type of person. They're gonna repeat your patterns of behavior. And I don't want this to be a cycle. I don't want this to be a cycle. I don't want this for them. I, they deserve better. I deserve better. And then uh, eventually it was, okay, it, it, we just have to move on. Mm -hmm. And from there, immediately from there, we went straight to counseling, not just <laughs> myself, my, my, me and my girls. And now we used to say we were going to the hairdresser. Um, <laughs> <to cover> it <laughs> up. <laughs> and then I realized at work, because I started going twice a week, I couldn't say that I was going to the hairdresser twice a week because the next day my hair wasn't always done. So my <laughs> oldest daughter finally said, Mommy, just tell people we're going to counseling. What Out a of concept. The babes. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and she was right. And and from that point moving forward, yes, we, we share with people and we continue to share. When we hear stories about families and relationships and things that people are struggling with, try counseling, try a support group. You know, talking to our friends doesn't necessarily always help. You need a non-judgmental voice where you're not going to wear that mask and make up that story along the way. Or it, it wasn't even about making up the story. It was about avoiding answering certain questions. Uh, and that, that all goes with that mask piece. But working with a counselor taught me to go back to some things that I thought about myself. Mm -hmm. And I never connected any of that to adoption and feeling abandoned and, and, and having identity issues and fears and shame and guilt and all that. I never connected those pieces till I realized I don't stay in relationships um, for, for a long time. I, I don't know how to end friendships. I kind of just let them gradually go. So there were so many things I never wanted to let go of people. I would just kind of let things happen. And so I realized, okay, there's some things that I need to work on. So when I went to the counselor, I said, I don't know how you're going to help me, but I need some help. And he just started laughing. And he said, I've never had anybody come in here and say that. I said, but, uh, I, but I'm, it's true. I need some help. And the, the only way I can get help is by coming in here and being honest. A lot of folks waste a whole lot of time in counseling because they're not telling the truth. Mm -hmm. But I told my daughters, counselors are non-judgmental. You're not the worst that they, they, they're going to see. So feel free to pour your heart out and have them help you think through and put through the pieces because they're not going to give you the answers, but they're going to help you think about your thinking and your decision making and, and question you and challenge you on different things. And, um, you know, I, th those are just all the pieces that kind of came in between and, and me trying to figure out to love, to love myself and to um, be okay with leaving a relationship, you know, not having someone else kind of lined up to go into the next relationship mm -hmm. with, you know, and trying to get away from some of the, the patterns of behavior and, and not accepting things that, that I believe that I was, you know, worthy of better.
Mm -hmm. We don't realize that the game of creating doubt in another human being is the most crippling thing that we can do to them. When we create doubt about who they are, where they can go, who Mm -hmm. they can be, how they can show up, right? Um, It is crippling. And then I kind of have them under my thumb. It's it's crippling. And I'm sorry, it's crippling, but you also can't, you can't see that in the person. Mm And so those are constant struggles and inner battles that we're dealing with. But the, the person who's dealing with us can't see. So that whole mask wearing goes right into that piece. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so mustering up the courage to say, no, wait a minute. I feel like, you know, even I'm not sure I deserve better. I want to seek better. I want to do better, which was so profound. And I'm sure your counselor was surprised when you walked in and said, look, I know I need help and I don't know how to do this. So let's go. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm ready to do the work. And, and you also said something very profound about we can't solve life's problems if we don't tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to start revealing what it is that we're struggling with so that you can get support and help. So many times that's what precludes us from finding the way through. And I firmly believe that I call it Gus, God, universe, and spirit, just so we can honor anybody's spiritual belief here in this conversation, not as any disrespect to anyone But Gus has a way of giving and providing a solution to anything that happens in our lives. And we need to remember that. And what precludes us from finding those solutions in our lives is that we don't tell the truth about them. Mm-hmm. And so we can't find the answers. Well, and I would, I would say that, you know, put very bluntly and no disrespect that Joe Polish, a gentleman I, I have tremendous respect for, he says, we're only as sick as our secrets. Yes. Mm. You That's know, good. So, you know, so, you know, the truth does set us free, but we have it to have does. the courage. And like you said, so, so powerfully, Joe, we have to find some coach, some counselor, some facilitator that is objective and impartial. You know, don't take sides, truly helping us become a better version of ourselves. Right. Yeah. And, and it's something, and I don't know the psychology of all that, but it's something about when you actually say something and you actually verbalize that and articulate that and admit certain things that come out of your mouth, then you can't take it back after that point. You can't say, I, you know, I, I know I need to work on this relationship or I need to get out of this relationship. You can't say that and then take it back. Once you, you even hear yourself say it, I think it does something to you. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, I could think it, um, but nobody else knew that I was thinking. But what once I put it out there in the atmosphere, I heard it. I heard. So that meant I had to do something about it. Mm, I love that. So let's, I'm so glad you brought that up and and let's just quickly answer your question so that everybody can understand what's happening there. Um, There's nothing that is more important than who I am or who I am becoming. And just as simple as saying, this is my favorite color. This is my favorite food. This is what I love to do, or this is what's hurting. Every time we admit those kinds of things from within inside of myself or my I am, it validates who I am. It validates what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, and what's possible for me. And that's why taking responsibility for even our mistakes is a way of yourself going, yep, that's what you did. Finally, you're coming clean. Or, yep, that's your favorite thing. You love that person. You love that color. You love that food. Good for you. You see who you are which is really what's afoot, is this opportunity for us to redefine who we are in this moment and validate and honor that, claim that for ourselves. And that's what we mean when we talk about Mm self-love. Self-love is a reclaiming of this is what I am now, right? And, And it's changing all the time. It's ever rolling over. What I love today may not be what I love tomorrow. And that's okay. So I'm constantly redefining and accepting who I am and the messes that I make and it's okay and accepting those and cleaning them up and and learning that I'm bigger than that and I can go on and do it again. And that is life where we are continuously becoming. When I omit those things, when I go along with things that I know are not true for me about who I am, where I want to go, how I'm showing up in my life, that is depressed expression and it creates depression. And it Mm. creates doubt and it creates anxiety about who I am and who I can become. And so those are why those things are so impactful to us. Right. So very well. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) I I was taking notes as you were as you were speaking. And because those are sometimes the the things that we have a hard time articulating. Yeah. You know, I, I know that it's a good thing that we're doing it. But but to be able to say that when we omit those things, that it's a depressed expression. That's a great a great 
way of putting it. Thank <laughs> so I'm hearing that becoming a mother and having these three beautiful daughters, how did that impact um, yourself as far as the adoption or being adopted, the awareness that you had about being adopted? Did it impact you as a parent as well? Absolutely. And and I didn't think of it again until I was around a, a group of adoptees, adopted parents and birth parents, where I heard a gentleman say, you know, the first person that I saw that truly looked like me was my own child. And I'm like, yeah, that's what there was something special about um, an adoptee when you have your own child. That's like, wow, this is someone who's connected to me by blood that I know that looks like me, that resembles me, that when they're out in the world, people saying, I know you're such and such as child because you look like. And I would see that for my cousins and my adopted family when we would be out. They knew that that was my mother's niece or nephew because they look a, look a lot alike. Mm -hmm. And so I think identity and resemblance plays plays a big part in, in all of that. And so, yeah, that was something that we th I thought about often when my my oldest daughter was born. Then those things about medical history, when you start taking them to the doctors, excuse me, and, and they're asking you, well, what's your medical history? Well, you know, I don't know mine and I surely didn't know hers, but then I at least had her father's side or their father's side, uh, you know, medical history. And we were able to get that information, but that still truly wasn't a full picture of, of their medical history as a whole. So that began to really sink into my mind and into my spirit that maybe it should, it's time that I start looking for my birth family. It was always something else going on. High school graduation, too much, you know, college graduation or going off to college. It just never was the right time. And it wasn't really until my middle daughter was going off to college and it was kind of, I was leading up to an empty nest just with one at home. And I realized that maybe now is the time. We were up in the mountains. Nobody else was there. And up on the screen pops a commercial for 23andMe talking mm -hmm. about getting your medical history. And it talked about um, tracing your roots and all the things that people were doing with DNA. And that is where everything really kind of took off with maybe the time is now. Yes, the time is now. So up there in the woods by myself. Um I only had a few dollars. I had to make sure I checked my bank account before I click submit on uh, <laughs> applying for the little vial that they sent you. And, and I did it and I did it. And, and then there ended up being a delay with me getting the kit because 23andMe at that time was not new, but people were just beginning to get their medical information through them. And they would um, kind of freak out some of the things that they were learning because it is very extensive. And so they began to add a medical waiver. So by the, I had a delay in getting my results because the company then required a medical waiver saying that you weren't going to hurt or harm yourself once you got your results. Because here you are kind of mm -hmm. in a vacuum in your home, mm -hmm. getting this medical information. It could be about cancer. It could be about anything um, that you had double markers for. And so um, that, that's kind of where it began with the DNA and being uh, having the empty nest, knew, knew that I was going to have time. And it just felt like the right time to begin the process. Mm. So as we wrap up our conversation today, which I can't believe we've got to close, uh, we definitely have got to have you come back on the show. Let's each come up with a takeaway from our conversation today that we want our listeners to kind of hang on to. Um, and Joy, we'll let you go first. I, I like the piece that you went went back to when we admit who I am, who who I am and what my challenges are. It validates who I am. And I think that's a big piece in terms of uh, beginning to love ourselves uh, and beginning to um, love for a lifetime, which was your theme in the beginning. I think a lot of that deals with admitting and, and take, taking control of those pieces of, of your own thinking. Mm. I think I want to leave our listeners with the concept and the inspiration that look at what Joy has created. She has brought um, so many layers of her family together in a reunion, which only makes herself feel whole. I was going to read one of her beautiful poems from her book, but unfortunately, we don't have time to do that. But I will post it on the show notes here for any of you who want to read it. But it basically says, man, what a beast I can be when I realize, <laughs> right, me. And, and it's just profound. So please make sure that you check that out. Um, and, and you bring us home with your thoughts. Well, I would just say, you know, Joy, your, 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 you know, your story and your journey is just a powerful demonstration. Stacy likes to say, look, we can deal with anything as long as we get everything out into the open. So I love how you say we need to normalize these conversations. You know, we have a framework in our body of work call, called the art of a difficult 
conversation because let's mm. just be honest, ladies and gentlemen, most of us have no ability, no training, no practice in having difficult conversations. Why? Because it scares the bejesus out of us. I mean, it right. literally does. And so, Joy, I applaud you. I'll thank you for your courage to bring this conversation out into the open because when we can bring, I say this every week, it seems like, but when we have permission and safety around us, then, you know, and oftentimes skilled facilitators that create that permission and safety, then we can start having these conversations that none of us have ever had. And so, Joy, absolutely, make sure that you tell people what you're about, what you're doing, and how they can reach out and connect with you. Yeah, um, my website is www.findingjoy.us, and that's joy with an I. And I say I put US on the end instead of .com because this, is about, this work is about all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, I've coordinated my books and my memoir, my children's books, to provide information for teachers, for educators, for families. Uh, if you go onto the website, you'll find more information about that. The Belong Project is really about normalizing the conversation about adoption, getting more people to stop whispering and let's talk about adoption. And, and also to be a, a way of sharing the many resources that are available that a lot of our families don't know about. And a lot of that, again, you can find on the website. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say that if you're inspired to donate and spread this message, help her do that through um, her books and her coloring books and those kinds of things to educators so that we can begin these conversations earlier in children's lives. So you can donate to that project on your website as well. Right, Joy? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Such a pleasure. Always. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you for having me, for inviting me on and taking the risk on the topic that's tough to talk about. No, oh, my pleasure. So let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with a little bit of fun as well as a spread some love moment. We'll be right back. Here's what one of Stacy Bartley's clients says about working with her. Working with Stacy has been life-changing in a very magical way. I wanted to work with Stacy when I left a long-term marriage because I didn't want to repeat any of my relational how would you say, unhealthiness. I'm so amazed how she has taken her experience and wrapped it into her own program, a program that is designed specially for you, for anyone that moves forward with her. She's unique, she's profound, she's, she's magical. She has a love for others that is unmatched and it would be a gift to yourself to work with Stacy. Learn the simple three-step system to rescue your struggling relationship by registering for Stacy's brand new free workshop. Reserve your seat by going to stacybartley.com slash workshop. Hey, welcome back. We just finished an incredible conversation with Joy Fisher Griffin. What a beautiful human being doing amazing work in the world and conversation of adoption. If you are just joining us, please make sure you go back and hear that conversation of her personal story, as well as how she's normalizing the conversations around adoption. Um, it's very important work and it does impact our relationships for the long haul. But right now we're gonna transition and we're gonna have a little fun. And after my conversation with Joy, I thought, here's my follow the fun. I wasn't going to, I was going to put together like a little activity and get all hog wild. But then I thought, you know what we need to do? We need to reach out to a person that we haven't connected with in a year or more. Like catch up, share yourself and allow them to do the same. Like it's time to take time to connect with the people who have had an impact on our lives. If it's nothing more than just saying, hey, I want you to know that you and your work and our conversations a long ago had this impact on my life or, hey, it's been a long time, let's catch up. And you know, babe, I have a really close friend that I grew up with from the seventh grade and I haven't talked with her in about, oh, I don't know, three years. I mean, that's that's like crazy, that's too long. Well, and I, you know, I, as you're sharing this, babe, I have to think, and I bet it's similar for most of us, I think about really how few phone calls, you know, from friends and family that I'm on now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm known in my family as a pretty ferocious texter because it's more efficient, but yeah. there's nothing like, in fact, 
similar to you, babe, I have a, a childhood friend from the seventh grade and I had, I left him a message a while back and I hadn't heard from him and that's very unusual. So then I just hit me one day when I said, you know, I got to reach out. I want to make sure Steve is okay. You know, and, and then he quickly responded back to me, but you know, think about how few of us literally take the time to speak to people that are important to us. I mean, speak with words yeah. over the telephone. Most of our phone use now is is broadband and text. So there's nothing like a call from a beloved. Really, there isn't. And most of us, I would bet the trends are unbelievably convincing and confirming that most of most of us, I know, I mean, remember how you, we used to fight and our phones and cell companies because we needed more minutes? None of us need, we don't even, I don't, we don't even use a, a tenth of the minutes That's now. But we need broadband and we're all texting, you know, so take a moment, take a breath, take a pause and take the time to reach out to, to those someone special that you haven't spoken to in a while. Mm -hmm. Are you stuck because there's nothing to be done or are you stuck because you won't allow yourself to try something different and sharing yourself with somebody who's important to you really validates and honors who you are. So take a minute and just do that. And I can promise you it, it's, it's such a benefit from both you as the initiator of the call and, and the receiver. That's just how the universe works. It's just such a wonderful experience, especially now when it doesn't happen very often. And we invite you to get on our fun list at our website, stacybartley.com. Um, we give gifts and prizes away as well as every week you'll receive a follow the fun moment because we all need play and novelty. We can't wait until all the problems of life are solved. Otherwise, we risk running out of emotional gas to solve those problems. So make sure that you're creating some novelty and some fun, a moment to rest, laugh, take a minute to pause. It's all very, very important to the well-being of ourselves and our relationships. So let's step into spreading some love. This is a moment where we have someone come on, spread a little experience from their own lives about love and relationships, as well as promote their platforms and all the good and wonderful things that they're creating in the world. Maybe they get you excited they're going to be a guest on our show. Yeah, and if you know of somebody that we should have and feature in this segment, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. But today is Eric Winters. He's a leadership coach and specializes in courage, which is an empowering conversation, especially when it comes to relationships. We spoke about that in our conversation today with Joy. What is it that gives us the courage to finally say enough and honor ourselves? And Eric has this to say. Hello, my name is Eric Winters, and I'm a self-leadership coach specializing in building courage. I'm also the author of Swipe Right on Your Best Self, Simple Steps to a Bolder Life with Fewer Regrets. I'm really looking forward to being inside the Love Shack with Tom and Stacy soon as a guest. And the thought I'm having today I'd like to share with you about love and relationships is just how important courage is at every step of the relationship journey. After all, it takes courage to begin a relationship, to grow one, and it takes courage to end one. At times, we'll need courage to ask for what we want and courage to say no to what we're not willing to accept. The good news is that being courageous is a skill we can all get better at and one that can make a profound difference to the quality of your loving relationships. I look forward to being together with you inside the love shack and we look forward to having eric with us too well, how are you how are you not courage. captivated with that accent i, know, I mean courage right. you know and i love what eric says there and, and we forget this and this is something stacy and i are really passionate about that relationships uh require courage, require courage but encourage is a skill now that's and we're all about skills. We don't, for some reason, there seems to be a massive disconnect. Sorry, I was pounding the table there because I get so impassioned that being great at relationships requires skills just like other walks in our life. And for some reason, there seems to be a disconnect or the fairy tale is we're just supposed to all be born great lovers. I think, well, that's that's some, that's an interesting story that we've all kind of bit off on. Mm -hmm. So join us. Um, Eric's going to be awesome with how do we develop this courage skill? It's going to be required for all relationships. And Joy, just in tremendous courage that our mm -hmm. guest had, Joy, in having the courage to bring this to light and create this incredible platform to have this conversation and, and around adoption. Mm -hmm. I totally. And on that note, Joy is also a songwriter. She considers herself to be an art patron, which I would highly agree. Uh, please check out her book. She has a wonderful story and, and it's so inspiring. And she shares so much of herself in that book. And so we want to share her song today as we step into, can you feel it? You know, we've 
talked about a lot of concepts and music and the arts help us to feel what it is we are trying to communicate through our words. And so it's time to put the words to rest and just feel the music. Right? And we get Let to play this one because we have permission from yes, the from the from the song maker here on the show with us. We have a playlist for every episode. Please check it out on our website and any of our podcast episodes because it's important to feel as well. Let's play a couple of bars of this. And then, Tom, I guess it's time for you to wrap up our show. Well, we'll come back in a moment here. Let's just enjoy Joy's song for a few moments. This is not your downfall. You got so much in you. I can see your breakthrough. Finding joy, finding peace, finding everything I need, yeah. Girl, don't let your crown fall. Special thank you to Joy Fisher today for sharing her wisdom on adoption and the impact it has in our relationships. Also to Eric Winters for spreading some love with us about courage. Come on back next week and join us for additional ways to improve your sex, love, and relationships. It's been a pleasure to be here with you today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Like we always said, you know what? This same time, same place. We're live every Thursday at 1 p.m. PST right here on KKNW. And then wherever you get your podcast, thanks to our awesome Eric Ryder, our engineer extraordinaire at the helm at Spaceship KKNW. Mm-hmm. Makes us look good, sound good, and all that good stuff. And if you found value in being here with us today, we want to take and want to take your experience a little deeper. We encourage you to check out all the many ways that we can support you on your sex, love, and relationship journey at stacybartley.com. And may we suggest you begin with getting our free resource on how to stop a fight in 20 seconds or less. You can find it all at stacybartley.com forward slash fight. We're Tom and Stacey Bartley, the hosts of Love Shack Live, together with our engineer, Eric Ryder. Thank you so much for being here and spending some of your precious time with us inside the Love Shack. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for joining us today in the Love Shack. We hope you came away with something that made your toes tingle. To learn more about everything you heard on today's show, go to stacybartley.com slash podcast. Love the show? Help us spread the love by sharing the show with others. Okay, everybody, time to go. We got to close the doors to the Love Shack for this week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Come back next week, though, and join us for another edition of Love Shack Live with Tom and Stacy Bartley. Here's what one of Stacy Bartley's clients says about working with her. Working with Stacy has been life-changing in a very magical way. I wanted to work with Stacy when I left a long-term marriage because I didn't want to repeat any of my relational how would you say, unhealthiness. I'm so amazed how she has taken her experience and wrapped it into her own program, a program that is designed specially for you, for anyone that moves forward with her. She's unique. She's profound. She's she's magical. She has a love for others that is unmatched, and it would be a gift to yourself to work with Stacy. Learn the simple three-step system to rescue your struggling relationship by registering for Stacy's brand new free workshop. Reserve your seat by going to stacybartley.com slash workshop.